So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, which is being produced here at our Come and See studios here in Ada every week. My name is John Keeley, and our programme is being broadcast on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 FM Community Radio Station, 10am and 11pm each Sunday, and is available uh, for playback or download at comeandseeinspirations.buzzsprout. Actually, if you just open up buzzsprout.com website, you can search for Come and See Inspirations. And you can also find us on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. So our podcasting team um, helps us to produce this program each week. Includes, of course, Shane Ambrose, who's a, a blog editor and researcher. Good morning, Shane. How are you? Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. Thanks a lot, Shane. And Anne, uh, and, and Kaylee, my wife, who's our prayer guide, keeps us going with prayer before the program, during the program, and after the program. Good morning, Anne. How are you? Not too bad, John. Thank you very much. Good morning, listeners. And, of course, Lorraine Buckley, who shares some catechesis with us each week. Good morning to you, Lorraine. Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. I, I believe all of you are now clear of your calls and your flu these days. You're getting back to normal. We are hopefully, indeed, hopefully. but we'll, we'll see how the snow treats us now, Oh, John. yeah, that's <laughs> usual. Just to remind listeners again, of course, as usual, our programme today will include some Saints for the Week, which Shane will bring us. Uh, we don't have, actually have any notices. And we'll also read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel for, of course, this is the fourth Sunday in ordinary time, um, the 3rd of February. So, actually, in this programme, in the second part of this programme, part two, we'll feature an interview that I conducted myself there a few weeks ago with the Father um, Eamon McCarthy, who's a priest director of Radio Maria Ireland. So, Father Father Eamon joined us here in the studio and just shared us a little bit about what Radio Maria is all about. That's in part two. And of course, part three, as usual, will go through the Sunday Gospel. If you want to contact us at all, as we said often, please do so. 87 That's 87 And of course, you can email us at comeandseeinspirations at gmail.com. So that's 87 and come and see inspirations at gmail.com. And of course, please do contact us. Let us know what you think about the program, if there's any requests you've got, especially if there's any prayer requests. Maybe you want to remember those of your family who might be sick uh, these days and struggling these days. So maybe at this part of the program, we'll ask Shane to share uh, with us some saints who are, whose feast days we'll be celebrating this week. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. So, as John said, we are in the fourth week of Ordinary Time. So, for those praying the Psalter, we're on week four uh, this week. So, in terms of saints for the week, of the upcoming week. um, So, Monday the 4th of uh, February. Now, this will be a particular interest to uh, Sacred Space because, of course, it is the feast day of St. Jane of Valois. And Jane of Valois is actually Anne's patron saint for 2019. So, Jane of, uh, Jane of Valois, she was born of French nobility, the daughter of Louis the, the 11th of France. Uh, she was born with a handicap at birth and sickly very much throughout her life. At the age of nine, she was married for political reasons to Louis, Duke of Orléans. Um, but uh, he, when he became King Louis the 12th, he had their marriage annulled by Pope Alexander VI. She was made a duchess, kind of to shut her off to one side, and then she ended up setting up the Order of the Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So that's Jane of Valois on the 4th of 5th of February. is the feast day of St. Agatha, Virgin and Martyr. Agatha is 
the female saints that is mentioned in the canon of the Mass, in the Eucharistic prayer number one. Her, her, she has been commemorated since ancient times in the Mass and is one of the earliest martyrs of the Church. She died a martyr of the faith of Catatania in Sicily in the 3rd century. She's the patron saint of bell founders, which I actually didn't find a reason for. Uh, you re uh, there's a degree of confusion over the hagiography that is the story of her life. It's not 100%. She was <coughs> supposedly young, rich, and beautiful, lived a life consecrated to God. Uh, the local magistrate tried to profit from it, and he tried to blackmail her into a brothel, but that didn't quite work. <clears throat> so she then, after she rejected his advances, she was beaten, imprisoned, and tortured. Now, this, the iconography associated with Saint Agatha is generally of a young, uh, young girl holding the the martyr's palm, um, or, or potentially a young woman holding two breasts on a tray, because she was supposed to have been mutilated as part of her martyrdom. Then. Um, then on the 6th of February, we have the feast day of the Martyrs of Nagasaki. These were the Franciscan Jesuit missionaries and Japanese converts who were crucified uh, under the persecution in 15, uh, 1597. They were arrested, taken to the public squares of several of the cities. Uh, the priests and brothers were accused of preaching the outlawed faith, the lay people of supporting them. And they were repeatedly offered freedom if they would renounce Christianity, which they refused to do so. And they were crucified on the 5th of February, 1597, just outside Nagasaki in Japan. Then on the 7th of uh, February, we have the feast day of St. Mel. Of course, people will be familiar with that. St. Mel is associated with St. Mel's Cathedral in Longford, which was uh, burnt and rehabilitated a couple of years ago. Mel is very much associated as one of the early Irish saints. Uh, was said to have been a follower of St. Patrick and is attributed of having given the religious veil to St. Bridget, whose feast day was celebrated on the 1st of February. Then uh, he died around 488. Then around the 8th of February, we have the feast day of St. Josephine Bachita, who is a Sudanese saint, but also it is the International Day of Prayer and Awareness Against Human Trafficking. Now, the reason it's one of the reasons it's celebrated on the 8th of February is, of course, because of the history of Josephine Bachita herself. Uh, came from a well-to-do Sudanese family, was kidnapped at the age of nine and trafficked into slavery, uh, sold and resold at the, at the markets of El Obayid and Khartoum before she was purchased eventually by the Italian consul. She, she accompanied that family back to Italy and worked as a nanny for the family. And then she, as an adult convert, she was an adult convert to Christianity and she took the name Josephine. She entered the Institute of the Cassonian Daughters of Charity in Venice and she only died in 1947. Um, of course, the day is associated, the International Day of Prayer and Awareness Against Human Trafficking was first observed in 2015. And each year, around two and a half million people are trafficked, are victims of trafficking and slavery. And for those engaged in trafficking, it's become one of the most lucrative illegal activities in the world. So the day is held to, to highlight the, that uh, tragedy that affects so many millions of people and those who have suffered and were called to reach out to victims and to survivors of, tra of such trafficking. Then on the 9th of February, we have the feast day of St. Curran the Wise. He was a bishop and things got a bit too much for him, so he headed off to Iona and became a monk. Uh, St. Columba discovered who he was and promptly sent him back. He's known as St. Curran the Wise because he was so knowledgeable in the canons of the church, and he died around the year 700 AD. So that's what we have, John, in terms of Saints of the Week this week. Okay, Shane, thank you so much for that. So now at this part of the programme, 
Lorraine uh, Cost might come on and share with us again some more catechesis. Actually, Shane, um, Lorraine was with us last week, of course, and last two weeks and gave us some catechesis. Thank you very much indeed. What do you have lined up for us this week, please? Well, again, that word catechesis sounds awful big, John, doesn't it? Catechesis just means handing on the faith. And in this little series, all we're doing is looking at the virtues. So last week, we began looking at the theological virtues. And we saw that they're the free gifts which God infused into our souls at baptism. And they're called faith, hope and charity. So we started looking at the gift of faith, which is that virtue by which we believe in God and all that he has said and revealed to us and that the Holy Church proposes for our belief, because he is truth itself. And then we looked at the different ways in which we can increase that gift of faith in us, through prayer, through attending the sacraments, and practicing acts of faith. So this week we're going to look at the theological virtue of hope. Now what do we mean by hope? We might hope for a fine day, or we might hope to win the lotto maybe, or that Limerick will do the double this year in the hurling. Please God, that'll come true. But these are only expectations or desires for something good. The theological virtue of hope goes much, much deeper than that. And the Catechism tells us that hope is the virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. So let's break that down a little bit. Theological virtue of hope is a desire and an expectation, but not just for passing goods. Like Limerick winning in the hurling would be great, but it would be passing, it would be fleeting. It is a desire for the ultimate good, and the ultimate good is God himself. And we've often quoted St. Augustine here in the programme where he said, Our hearts are restless, Lord, until they rest in you. So we're created for God and for union with God, And that union with God in heaven is our ultimate goal and will bring about our greatest happiness. Of course, even if we start working towards bringing about the kingdom of heaven on earth now, that happiness can take root in our lives as it is. We hope for heaven, not relying on our own strength, because, John, we know we're we're weak people and we know our failings. So who do we rely on then? We rely on God himself, on the Holy Spirit. We hope for heaven because we place our trust in Christ's promises. And that's how the virtue from last week, which was faith, Mm. and the virtue of hope are related. We hope because we have faith. When Jesus was preparing the apostles for his passion and death, he told them that he was returning to the Father. And if you remember, he said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may also be. That's John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. So then, why do we call it hope? If Jesus has promised to prepare a place for us in heaven, why is it not a certainty? Well, because we have the gift of free will. Mm. And we can choose to Mm. love God and to respond to his grace and be united with him forever. Or we can choose to walk away. And that is such a powerful choice, but it does mean that we're free. Mm. We're free Mm. to love. Mm. So if we didn't have that freedom... If God forced us to be with him forever in heaven, we would be slaves. We wouldn't be children. So we can freely choose to love God and each other or not. But we're not left on our own to do this. The Holy Spirit, whom we received at baptism, helps us every single step of the way. 
Hope is a beautiful gift because it keeps us from discouragement. We all know life can be hard at times. And mm. even with the Brexit thing going on, there's a certain amount of, mm. you know, trepidation and oh, we're not sure what's going to happen. Mm, yeah. Hope keeps us going no matter what happens in our lives. God never abandons us, of course, but sometimes we can feel like he has, especially if we're suffering or if a loved one is suffering or if we're grieving. We hope because we have faith in God. That hope also leads to the happiness that flows from charity, which we'll look at next week. In other words, if we are people of hope, we will be people of love. And love is wishing the best for the other people, wishing the best for our brothers and sisters. Of course, hope can be fragile at times. So what can we do to renew our hope in Christ? Again, like last week, we can pray for the gift of hope. We can pray in our own words or making an act of faith that we might have learned off in school. Hope is strengthened the more we use it. Romans 12.12 encourages us to rejoice in your hope, be patient in tribulation. You see, when we turn to Jesus and tell him that we trust him, that we hope in him Mm. and that we love him, even in the midst of our trials, he will strengthen those gifts within us. It's easy to hope when all is going well. The great test is, do we continue to hope even in times of trial? And of course, our hope is always expressed in our prayer and nourished in our prayer. And this morning, I would recommend that you look at the prayer, the words of the Our Father, because that, according to the Catechism, is the summary of everything that hope leads us to desire. If you think of the words of the Our Father, every time we pray the Our Father, we are hoping for union with God in heaven and we're praying for the graces needed to get there. So maybe during the coming week, when you're praying your rosary, or when you're at Mass, or when you're praying the Our Father in private, we might pray especially for an increase of the gift of hope in us and in every person. The sacraments, of course, also increase the gift of hope within us, especially baptism, in which we first receive this gift and become children of God, the Eucharist, or Mass, which is the pledge of our future glory, And the sacrament of reconciliation, where we go to Jesus, trusting and hoping that he will forgive our sins. And we're going to finish today with a little quote from St. Teresa of Avila. Now, St. Teresa was a fantastic saint and a doctor Mm -hmm. of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, She was also the saint who fell off a cart at one point and said to the Lord, you know, if you treat your friends like this, I I can see why you don't have so many. But she wrote some beautiful things about prayer, especially, but about hope as well. She said, hope, oh, my soul, hope, you know, neither the day nor the hour. Watch carefully for everything passes quickly, even though your impatience makes doubtful what is certain and turns a very short time into a long one. Dream that the more you struggle, the more you prove the love that you bear your God and the more you will rejoice one day with your beloved in a happiness and rapture that can never end. Thank you so much for that, Lorraine. Thank you. Now, um, at this part of the programme, uh, Anne will lead us in the spiritual communion prayer, which we offer especially for those who could not receive Jesus in Holy Communion this morning. We also include in our spiritual communion all those who, in our spiritual communion prayer, all of you who are sick, lonely or are housebound, or worried in any way today. Thanks, Anne. You might just share that prayer with us, please. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I now cannot receive you sacramentally. Come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. 
I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Anne. So now we go for our first bit of music. And actually, this is one that you actually chose yourself, Lorraine. Thanks a lot for the beautiful piece of music. It is indeed. It's called In Christ Alone, and it's sung by BYU Vocal Point. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ I stand There in the ground His body lay Light of the world by darkness slain Then first and forth in glorious day Up from the grave He rose again And as He stands The precious blood of Christ. Oh, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath. Commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever block me from his hand till he returns or calls me
So welcome to Come and See Inspirations, coming from our Come and See studio here in Arda, County Limerick. Joined today by Father Eamon McCarthy, who's Priest Director of Radio Maria Ireland. Good morning to you, Father Eamon. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm very good, thank you. And thank you so much, John, and to your good wife, Anne, who's with us here. And you're lovely. Welcome to Arda here and your kind hospitality. For you, it's actually meeting you because um, I didn't realise EWTN were doing some filming locally here in our local church, and and Father Eamon was was being interviewed for some Lenten reflections that are due actually to be uh, broadcast on EWTN during Lent. The six weeks of the Lenten season from Ash Wednesday forward. Keep an eye out. It'll be the six Sundays really in preparation for uh, Easter Sunday. Easter but each Sunday. Sunday a new reflection. So Father John Mokler, your own Father John mm-hmm. here in the parish of Newcastle West and surrounding parishes too, is doing the first two Sundays mm. and I'll be doing the Sundays three and four and a new priest from the Home of the Mother group who are now based in Mallow, uh, Father Luke um, Damasi. He'll be doing Sundays uh, five and six. So if you're tuning into EWTN, you'll get some lovely uh, footage there of Arda Church and some of the history of local history of Arda right. as That's well. That's right. Mm. Well, we'll, we'll certainly be promoting and indeed um, adv- advising listeners uh, uh, as to what time is that is on EWTN as soon as it comes to hand. But in the meantime, um, Father Eamon, you're involved with Radio Maria Ireland. Tell us about Radio Maria Ireland. What's it all about? It's one of 80 Radio Maria stations around the world, uh, belonging to the world family of Radio Maria. I'm only involved the last year and a half here in Ireland. The radio is only three years young in Ireland. has an absolutely state-of-the-art, fabulous studio just across the road from the Red Cow Hotel. Uh, St. Anthony's Business Park, interesting name for the business park too. St. Anthony discovered it for us and uh, uh, set up with all the technology and the knowledge accumulated over the last 35 years that Radio Maria has been in existence, which started in Italy. And now these 80 stations, there's 29 Radio Maria stations in Europe. Fascinating. I've met uh, the priest directors and staff, some of the staff from the Eastern European countries in particular, Mm -hmm. uh, places like Kosovo, you know, uh, Serbia. Ukraine, Russia even, extraordinary, the Catholic radio stations in these countries, some of them predominantly Muslim. Uh, It's also in every Latin American country, uh, Radio Maria Panama. In fact, uh, uh, very soon will be the principal broadcaster for World Youth Day. Mm -hmm. That's right, that's coming up. So they've been commissioned with that uh, task by the bishops of Panama. Uh, very strong in Latin America and uh, in Africa there's about 20 plus radio stations and it is colossal in Africa because radio is the means of communication uh, for the people of Africa either through an app on smartphone they're big into their smartphones Mm -hmm. uh, or on FM so uh, and reaching millions lovely little story if I can share with you Radio Maria in Uganda Uganda is a very strong Radio Maria station they've been with their listeners because it's all funded by the listeners there's no commercial activity it's Mm -hmm. very Catholic in that sense but the listeners in Uganda have raised funds to buy these small little transistor radios to bring to the second biggest refugee camp in the world uh, from the refugees from southern Sudan. There's a big refugee camp in northern Uganda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're going into this refugee camp, bringing them little transistor radios that they can be feel part of a community, feel mm-hmm. part of. And the lovely thing they're teaching them via the radio as well is forgiveness mercy, you know, peace, that they don't bear resentment for having lost their homes or their livelihood or family members, that the violence doesn't continue, 
but to help them. And Radio Maria, this coming May, we, we do what's called a Mariathon, a fundraiser. And our principal sponsors are the listeners of Radio Maria in Germany, mm-hmm. because we're only growing. We're very new. We'll, we're trying to grow and become independent through our own listeners. And it's happening slowly. But this um, May, Father Kocher, who's the priest director, every Radio Maria station has its own full-time priest director, tells me that he's inviting the uh, a bishop, one of the bishops from Sudan, to Germany and their listeners, this fundraiser, Maria Khan, okay. will support a new radio radio station in Sudan. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Is there a, a lot of cooperation between the various? They're, the idea of a family, mm-hmm. a world family, a bit like a parish, no, okay. no different. And the priest in his own studio with the with the, the staff, but also the, the volunteers and the listeners. Again, it's like a parish. So I'm, as it were, the parish priest mm-hmm. of the radio station mm-hmm. and reaching out to try to minister to my parishioners, uh, just put to the radios, obviously, the, the way it's done. Okay. But the world family, the same. The stronger radio stations, such as Radio Maria, Italy, Germany, Austria, Spain, France, are very strong. So they allow their listeners then to contribute and any funding they have in excess of what they need because it's not for profit. It's, mm-hmm. uh, we're not for profit ourselves. Uh, that goes back into the reservoir, as it were, to help countries in Africa to get established. The big thing in Africa is actually getting the equipment and getting the setup. Which yes. they, they couldn't mm, possibly mm, actually yeah. manufacture mm. or afford. Mm. But I'm told in the African countries, once they get established, they have so many listeners and the listeners are so generous, yeah. living typically on one euro a day, but willing to contribute 20 cent or 50 cent, wow. which is a big mm, contribution yeah. if you think it mm, through, mm. but he- enabling the radio to continue and to do the kind of work that I described in in Uganda. But the headquarters is in Kibeho, where Our Lady appeared, Rwanda, uh, for Africa. And uh, they have some wonder. I've met some of the, the wonderful people involved in the sort of pan-African development of Radio mm-hmm. Maria. They've got another 20 countries to start in. Recently, they've got a new radio station in Angola, uh, but looking, obviously, to okay. reach out to the Far East as well mm-hmm. and just have a Radio Maria station, a local one everywhere, you know. Back to Ireland, back to mm. Radio Maria Island. Um, is it 24-7 or is it on... 24-7 broadcasting, available via app, via the internet. There's a telephone number you can phone in to listen in. You can listen on Serview Channel 210 on your television. I've noticed that, yes. Yes, it's just next to RT1 TV. Amazing. Just go back one channel on your Serview and Radio Maria is right there. And you can listen all day, every day. And we're on DAB in Cork. We're hoping to get further DAB broadcasting around the country, but Cork City and environment. So all the various means that you, we can possibly access, with the exception for the time being of FM, which is a, is a kind of a complicated one to get in on, okay. but we're working towards that. We've made two applications for licenses which have been unsuccessful. Okay. Spirit Radio got the last license that was awarded mm-hmm. for, for Christian Radio. So please, God, we'll, we'll gravitate towards that. But if you have the app on your phone, you can pretty much listen to us anywhere, almost. Could you give the listeners some idea as to the programming that you have? Typically prayer, the three strands, prayer, catechesis, and human formation. Okay. The three strands of okay. all day, every day. With lots of music and lots of inter- as much interaction as possible from the listeners. So prayer, I'll start the day at Corpus Day with the Office of Readings, Corpus Night, Morning Prayer of the Church, 10 o'clock Holy Mass, I'll celebrate, or we'll broadcast via the internet, via webcam from St. John's Cathedral in Limerick, say, okay. or okay. Yeah. St. Mel's in Longford at the Pro Cathedral in Dublin, and just share Masses from around the country that way. Uh, we'll have the Angelus, of course, uh, four rosaries a day, 
as well. Divine Mercy Chapel at three o'clock. So prayer punctuates the day in that way. And then I'll do like a chat show. I call it Chatechesis. So, and I love to engage listeners. I love to have text messages coming in, phone calls coming in, conversations going. So just yesterday, uh, Catherine Heaslip, a lady who's recently heard of Radio Maria and has come to the studio, was uh, on via the phone and just telling us her own little story and sharing. She had heard actually the previous day Martin McFadden speaking. He was a man from Donegal who uh, had a conversion from alcohol addiction and told his story. And she was so moved by that, she said, look, I have to come on, I want to react to this and respond and tell some of my story. And so that's what we love doing, just engaging with the listeners. And I'm there not as a, you know, a Pat Kenny or a, or a Joe Duffy. That, that's not what it's about at all. It's It's about journeying with people and then drawing people into the life of the radio. I think the beauty of it is, as you just you know just described there, is giving the access to people. Mm. That particular lady was able to hear that story, mm. and that inspired that lady. It's not the way the Holy Spirit works, Absolutely. but we've got to be open enough to give that availability. Yeah, and to allow them to come and speak, come and join in the conversation. I don't have all the answers. Mm. I mean, who, who does? Mm. We look to the Lord. Yeah. We simply lead people to the Lord. We journey together to the Lord. And in praying together, we're opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. And everybody has that gift. Everybody yes, has yeah, a story yeah. to share, uh, uh, their journey to share. And in hearing that, we encourage each other. It's like shortening the journey when you have somebody with you. Mm, you know, mm, It's the very same, but in faith together. And it's very uplifting. We don't do any of this negative news. No. I'm happy to talk about it, but yeah. in the light of faith. Yes. And see what mm. faith teaches mm. us and what history teaches us and stand back a little bit more from it. Don't, not weigh people down with it, mm. but say, look, there's light here. There's strength. There's grace here. There's conversion. All of these and testimonies like that are a key element. Yeah. We've some lovely youth programming. Uh, we've a, we've a good Limerick man working mm-hmm. with us. I give him a big shout out now. Uh, Aidan O'Rourke is from Kilmallock. Well, uh, he's mm-hmm. a mighty man. He did a few years in the seminary training for the priesthood, mm-hmm. and I got to know Aidan. I was in Milford Parish next door there uh, to Drum Collar, Drum, Drum mm-hmm. Broad, Broadford, mm-hmm. uh, and I got to know Aidan. I popped up to Charleville one day, and we we're interacting and so on. Knew his brother Daniel for a bit too. Uh, still do, of course. Yes. Um, but Aidan was uh, coming free of the seminary. I had decided, you know, he wasn't going to continue. But uh, I said, would you come into the radio for a couple of weeks and sure, help me out? Because I was only starting myself at that stage. Mm, mm. And he stayed ever since. And he has a gift for it. He's a grand talker. He's a great personality. Great. He's a people man. And he's mm, e- engaging with the technology. No problem. And he does a great youth program now on a Tuesday night, 7 p.m., 7 to 8. And we had five of us uh, around, the, well, four of us around the microphones and somebody in via Skype. And then we had seven or eight people were texting in or emailing in or, or sending in voice messages that we had a great banter going on, just talking about the UCAT, the Youth Catechism. So he calls it U-Chat. Yes, okay. Uh, That's and fine. he's able to find young people all over the place. We've had U2000 in, Net Ministries in, uh, Legion Youth Conference people in, uh, all kinds of young people. And it's been really invigorating and, and a favourite programme for many. So you've really been able to find people to come in and volunteer by first of all, maybe uh, you needed somebody to at the start to be able to go out and put their foots in the water, go go out there and, and and project themselves as best they can for the Lord. By those people going out, the people like Aidens then will draw other people in. It's not yeah, the way absolutely. it works. So yes. Aiden, they'll say, "Well, Aiden's an ordinary guy now, and he, he knows the technology, and he's engaging in." Where people are, I'm, I, I would imagine that would be a big part of Radio Maria, mm-hmm. where people are. Yes, yeah. 
It's not about preaching a high and high theological message by any means. It's journeying together like a family. You see that that concept of being together and being free to say what you need to say. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, How did Father Eamon McCarthy get involved with all this? I mean, what, what's your story? Okay, that's a kind of a long-winded one. I'll, I'll tell you an interesting sort of moment in my own journey. The day I was, the day after I was ordained, my first Mass, I'm a priest of Cloyne Diocese, but from Cork City. So I was uh, ordained in Mallow, but my first Mass was my home parish in Ballinock in Cork City. Mm-hmm. And the day I was, I said, celebrating my first Mass, people were coming up for their first blessing, you know, as they do. Uh, and this lady came up, uh, Maureen Hulawan, she's still alive, thanks be to God. Um, and she worked for RTE um, at the time, RTE Radio mm. in Cork City. Uh, and she said, you know, Father Eamon, you have a great voice for the radio. And I sort of looked, I said, well, that's a kind of a weird thing to say. I've just been ordained a priest and yeah. it's a bit sort of late yeah. now. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but I, I met her lately and I told her, I said, mm. you know, you sowed a seed that day that yeah. any time a radio opportunity came my way, mm. I wasn't in the least bit afraid of it. And I said, yeah. you know. Let's give this a run. Yeah. And so over the years, I dipped in and out of local radio and national radio stations over various issues and things. But I went to Dublin for three years working on Frank Duff's cause for canonization. of fabulous experience working with the homeless, especially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mingled in Dublin circles and my name probably came up somewhere. But a, a young lady, Gabriella Scarano, came from Italy to live in Ireland in 1999, thought she'd no problem bringing Radio Maria from Italy to Ireland. Mm. And it took her... 16 years afterwards to get it done but I was approached as part of that journey once and I, I, I wasn't able to engage with it Father Michael Ross perhaps known to some he's buried actually in Palace Henry I think with the uh, Salesians there uh, in, in here in Limerick and uh, Corkman actually himself he got the thing off the ground Father Michael and sadly passed away within about 18 months uh, contracted cancer uh, mm-hmm. not an elderly man in his late 60s at the time and so the radio kind of ran aground and uh, Father Eamon Monson took to the microphone as a part-time priest director but July 2017 then 2017 I was approached having been previously approached mm-hmm. and I said well look I'm still open if my bishop will allow it so Bishop William Crean a good carry man was now the Bishop of Cloyne <laughs> okay. Cork Kerry yeah, Limerick yeah, all yeah, stuck yeah, in the story that's here it, that's <laughs> it yeah, yeah. and uh, he went to the studio and he said yeah Let's give it a try and see. So I have a three-year permission now, released from parish ministry in Cloyne uh, to work full-time now with the radio. And it's thanks for God, it's going well and it's growing growing nice and slowly and gently, but very reassuringly, it's it's moving on, you know. And so the plan, so so the idea would be for people just to tune in to you know to Radio Maria, have a listen. and just to see what's offer, mm. what's enough for there. I mean, mm. as you say, is that preachy? It's there to reach out to people no. where they are, yeah. but the Word of God, the Mass, the prayer life is very much promoted on there, mm. and maybe a number of times. And I'm sure there's an awful lot of people who listen to this program um, who are at home on their own. Not too sure how to use an internet or an app or wouldn't even clue what they are. But they may have got a television. Or a telephone, because there's a phone number you could ring, 01437 It's okay. in the literature I gave you there. Yeah, yeah, I have it, and you yes. can just ring the number and just listen on the phone. So if at half five you're free, you can hear the rosary through your telephone. Join us for the rosary. Very good. Simple way of doing it, you know. Father, I mean, we might stay in touch from time to time. Listen, I would be thrilled and I would love to broadcast with you and through you some programmes from your studio here to our studio in Dublin. It would be a privilege. It would be absolutely fabulous. And certainly the same for ourselves. Um, 
just one little request. If we if we if we're able to visit your studio there in Dublin, would you have tea and biscuits there for us? We, there's a lady comes in in the morning. She's like Anne here next to me. <laughs> she she cooks uh, fresh scones every day. Roisin. She is a wonderful. And ever she comes from mass in the morning. Tea and scones is essential after mass. So the kettle will always be Perfect, on. It's, it's Father, part I of our will. ministry. So so again, just to remind us again, how we, how can we access to listen to Radio Maria? Television, Serview, Channel 210. Okay. It might not be 210. If you have Serview, flick through the channels. It's the last of the radio mm-hmm. channels. Mm-hmm. If you're in Cork City, DAB. If you have a DAB radio, they're getting more common. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise, an internet, the website, radiomaria.ie. Mm-hmm. Download the app Radio Maria Ireland. You can get an Android and iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can listen via our Facebook page, which is just Radio Maria-Ireland. There's a Listen Live link there as well. Uh, or by telephone, 01437-3277 is the way to tune in. Father Eamon, thanks a lot for taking, your t- uh, for taking time to talk to us today. Just before we leave you go, you might just uh, share a little prayer for, for our listeners out there who are sometimes struggling to, to maybe sometimes hang on to their faith because mm. of whatever else has been thrown at them in the secular world. But uh, there's people like Radio Maria, EWTN, a prayer maybe to encourage them to stay holding on to the faith that they were given. Certainly, Lord, we gather in your name where two or three are gathered, you are present here with us. So bless John and Anne and all the listeners now to sacred space. As we gather with you, Lord, we ask the light of your grace to strengthen us in the trials and the difficulties and the share in the cross that each of us is called to carry. Many secular forces and pressures coming at us, Lord, to turn us away from you, to turn us away from the good news and perhaps that we in so doing, neglect the need needs of others. So let your grace now enter into our hearts as we listen to this lovely program and as we allow our faith to be animated, listening to others. Strengthen us in the ways of faith that we may love you more and more and come to serve one another too in your name. So bless John and Anne and their ministry here and all involved in this beautiful radio uh, ministry to others and all who are tuned in as well. We pray together now, and I invite you to pray aloud with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. The Lord be with you. with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, amen. God bless you. Thanks again for joining us and we're talking again. God bless. Thank you, John, and thank you, Anne. So now we'll have a little piece of music. Uh, this one is entitled This Little Light of Mine. It's sung by Velima Jansen and Tom Kenzia.
So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for staying with us. Uh, Lorraine Buckley is still with us in st- studio. Uh, Anne is with me and Shane is there on the other end of the Skype line. So this is the most important part of this program and any other program we do here and Come and See, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. Before that, we ask Anne to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Anne. Lord, we thank you for pushing us in the presence of your Word which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the truth, the word, in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. May we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this order in union with Mary, he used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Anne. So that was. So now we we come to reading of the Gospel for today, which is for the fourth Sunday in ordinary time, the third of February. And we'll ask Lorraine to read that for us, please, this morning. Thanks, Lorraine. So this is Luke chapter four, verses twenty-one to thirty. Jesus began to speak in the synagogue. This text is being fulfilled today even as you listen. And he won the approval of all, and they were astonished by the gracious words that came from his lips. They said, This is Joseph's son, surely. But he replied, No doubt you will quote me the saying, Physician, heal yourself, and tell me, We have heard all that happened in Capernaum. Do the same here in your own countryside. And he went on, I tell you solemnly, no prophet is ever accepted in his own country. There were many widows in Israel, I can assure you, in Elijah's days, when heaven remained shut for three years and six months, and a great famine raged throughout the land. But Elijah was not sent to any one of these. He was sent to a widow at Zarephath, a Sidonian town. And in the prophet Elisha's time, there were many lepers in Israel, but none of these were cured, except the Syrian Naaman. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They sprang to their feet and hustled him out of the town, and they took him up to the brow of the hill their town was built on, intending to throw him down the cliff. But he slipped away through the crowd and walked away. Thanks for that, Lorraine. So that's the Gospel again from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 21 to 30. Now, Shane, we've only got about six minutes left or so. Maybe you can start it off with a few thoughts, please. Sure, John. Um, So we continue directly on from last week's Gospel in St. Luke, and it is Jesus' beginning of his public ministry, and he returns to Nazareth. Now, the Gospel is, it's it's an odd one to kind of reflect on. Excuse me. And you're not quite sure 100% where to go with it sometimes. What do we have? We have Jesus after standing up in the synagogue. 
has read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he said this has now been fulfilled. And the neighbours and the friends, that people that he grew up with, are all looking at him as if he's got two heads, probably, trying to figure out what's going on. Because it's kind of a case of, well, this was a person who they thought they knew, um, a person they had seen grown up, probably, you know, watched as a child to adult and all that goes with it. And now he's suddenly standing up and saying that he's the prophet, he's the messiah. And it's not quite computing for people. It's not adding up. They're getting, they're adding two and two, but they're not getting four. Because, of course, the expectation of the messiah was a great leader, a great military leader, a king who would restore the kingdom to Israel. And But it, it, it just a couple of things that struck with me about it was that their kind of initial reaction to it, they were in a bit of awe about it. And then there was a degree of kind of anger to the extent that they wanted to kill him. And it was kind of, I was kind of wondering about where would we kind of come across something like that in our own lives? And the closest corollary I could get to it from an Irish perspective is your local TD. Because I don't think, I think it's fair to say Irish politics is still very much uh, parish pump politics. It's still local. And we still kind of have a proprietary interest in our local members of parliament. And there is a situation where, you know, you still have TDs who have to spend quite a lot of an amount of their time sorting out things like pensions or applications for social welfare or things like that. Things which really a national politician shouldn't have to deal with. But that's what's expected. And if they don't do it, they're very much pillared and abused and thrown off the electoral cliff uh, when the next election comes around. And it's just, I thought to myself, you know what, it's, it's, it's all very easy for us to condemn the village, you know, to condemn Jesus as neighbours. But it's kind of case, if we look in the mirror and think about it ourselves, would our parish or our village be any other way different if our local TD or our local councillor didn't do what we expected him to do? And, you know, a case of, would, it, would be a case of people saying, well, now we'll get him when he comes around again. And it's just, it was something, it was, it, it's, it's a stretch of a corollary, but it was the closest I could come to in terms of looking at this week's Sunday Gospel and thinking, how does it speak to us in Ireland today? In case of, do we rush to judgment? Do we have expectations of people above and beyond what we think they have? Which then, in tr- truly Irish fashion, we turn around and try to drag them down because, you know, they, they shouldn't be getting ahead of themselves, you know, no by putting the head above the parapet. We have a great... We have a great tradition, if you like, and a great ability in Ireland to bring a person back down to earth, as we so colloquially put it. Uh, and it's a case of, well, maybe we need to look at that. Um, you know, we could, one of the things Pope Francis speaks about again and again and again is actually the way, the, the, the destructive nature of gossip. And he, you know, calls it out. He, he's called it out a number of times in the Roman Curia in Rome. Uh, but he also speaks about it in the context of the wider church. And it's something maybe that we need to think about and reflect about and consider as we reflect on this Sunday's Gospel. Thank you again, Shane, for, for sharing those few thoughts with us. Lorraine, have you got one or two? Just a short thought, John, um, with regards to last week's Gospel and this week's Gospel, because the two kind of go side and side, mm. really, that... The gospel shows both the divinity of Jesus because he says this text is being fulfilled today even as you listen and as you go through the gospel 
his divinity becomes apparent because he knows exactly what they're thinking. Now, maybe he didn't need his divinity for that. Maybe, as Shane said, he could see from their faces that they weren't accepting what he was saying. But also the humanity of Jesus. As Shane said, this was a young fellow who grew up with them, was Joseph's son. Maybe they heard the rumours about his birth and all the rest of that. And again, when we're looking at ourselves, when we're reading the Gospels, do we hold the divinity of Jesus and the humanity of Jesus together when we're reading it? Because he did understand the human condition because he was fully human and he knows what it's like to be us in all ways but sin, as they say in scripture. Um, and do we hold the divinity of Jesus? Do we trust that he is God and is the son of God and through our baptism that we are children of God? Can we hold the two together? Lorraine, thank you so much for that. Just a little thought that I had, actually, I'm taking it from Lecture Divina. I was at Lecture Divina again on Monday night, and Father Frank Dewey uh, shared with us on Monday night in the Pastoral Centre in Newcastle West from 10 past 8 to 10 past 9. And the question Father, Pat, uh, Father Frank just posed with us this week is, yeah, the people in the synagogue, just like the letter said, they didn't really like what Jesus was saying, so they rejected him. But he said, maybe there's things in the Gospels that we don't like either. Maybe there's things that make us feel a little bit challenged and taking us out of our comfort zone. And maybe today, maybe we can reflect, and there might be something in today's gospel, or there might be something in any gospel that we that we hear, whether it be during the week or in the Sunday gospel, there might be something that challenges us. But remember, it's the Word of God, and it's there. As we were reminded during the week, Jesus meets us where we are. Sometimes he offers us words of comfort when we need them. But sometimes also he gives us words that challenge us when we need to grow. So again, that brings us to the end of the programme. Thanks to Lorraine, Shane and Anne. Thanks a lot for, for making the programme with us this morning. Um, and now we'll go out with a final piece of music. And now this is one of your own. We haven't played it for a long time. The Weed Daniel, Daniel O'Donnell. <laughs> Very good. And this one, actually, because there's a little bit of what Lorraine mentioned there this morning. This one is entitled love, faith and hope so it's next week God bless you all now, bye bye thank you very much, good evening everybody we all need a path in life to walk along and someone to show the way And right from wrong Sometimes in life we may be led astray And that's when we need a hand To show us the way We need love, hope and faith To build our lives on Together as one And with love, hope and faith The way will be shown When we've got love, hope and faith We're never alone The gift of love is there For all mankind It's in our hearts 
it's there for us to find And even when we feel that hope has gone It's our loving faith that helps us carry on We need love, hope and faith to build our lives on We need love, hope and faith together as one and with love, hope, and faith, the way will be shown. When you've got love, hope, and faith, you're never alone. Choreography, folks. Love, hope, 